Well, what is up, everybody? Well, I hope we have a half an hour worth of battery. Should I start over? No. You know why? Your boy's no quitter. Actually, it's interesting. A normal person would just start it over so they could do the entire. I love, it's what I love about doing live shows, guys. It's why I always, when I have a choice to do something for my own, I always choose live. Because I like to be like, oh, what's going to happen? And we're already down two bars. We went from four to two in about three seconds. So we'll see what happens. We're not even a minute in. But, you know, enough time to hear some of this. I know some of you are like, dude, just get more batteries. Nope. Not my thing, man. I like to roll them dice. See exactly uh, what happens and play from there. It's my favorite thing to do. Anyways, welcome to the Fairly Normal, everybody. Thank you for joining in. I am Josh Wolf. A little business to get out of the way real quick. Um, Cleveland this weekend, March 7th through 9th, Santa Ana something casino, Star Casino in uh, Albuquerque the week after that. Week after that, I'm at Comedy Works South in Denver. And the week after that, I think I'm in Albany, New York. How about that for some fun times? Um, and, um, you know, I contemplated this podcast all week. For those of you who heard the last Fairly Normal, you know how it ended. Um, it ended with me finding out that... Um, my buddy Brody had um, committed suicide. It's crazy to talk about it with this song's on, so I'm just going to wait. You know what I mean? We may not do music. It just feels a little weird. So I'm going to turn that off. And here's the deal. Um, I contemplated doing this podcast... Um, for a lot of reasons. Uh, you know, I'm a public person. And you know, I'm, I'm not shy about sharing things with people and how I feel and what I think. And, but this is mourning is a very private thing, you know. And um, as public as I am, I don't emote all over the place. You know what I mean? I'm public in like, I'll tell you embarrassing shit about myself and... I'll tell you all the stories you want to know, and I've told you some terrible things that I've done, but like, I'm going to really try not to cry in public, not because I think I'm too much of a man, or but, but like, I don't know what the public display of emotion, I don't know if that's my thing, you know, and plus, honestly, and I don't begrudge anybody, but I, I never wanted of doing it however they do it, but I never wanted to like... I guess I never wanted to divert attention away from what it should be, which is that, you know, not condolences to me and not I'm sorry you feel bad, you know, but all about Steve 
Um, I'm sorry, Brody. That's the crazy thing. Is that here's another thing, right? So I, I, I knew him as Steve. Well, I met him as Steve. That wasn't his his name, Steve Brody. You know. Um, there's so many amazing things to say about this guy, and I'm sure you've heard a ton of them. But let me just kind of break it down for you real quick. What it, you know, um, uh, okay. He was a unicorn of a performer. I guarantee you, I will never see another one of those in my lifetime. I will never see, there will never be another Brody Stevens. There just won't be. That, that, that just, and you know, the unicorns sometimes leave us early. And I think they leave us early because, you know, part of what makes them unicorns, part of what makes them so special and so different and so uniquely them, in my experience, has been the pain that they carry. A lot of the time, the unicorns burn bright and quick, but they burn out fast. There's a lot that comes with them, you know. I'm sure we all know people like that. Um, But... You know, he had a pretty, Brody had a pretty public meltdown a few years back and he spent some time in the psych ward. And if you had, if you, I, and I don't have anything written down here, guys, so I'm going to be jumping around. But if you had asked me, you know, you think he'll end up in psych ward again? I'd be like, yeah, probably. If you had asked me, do you think he's going to kill himself? I'd be like, no. But that, first of all, that shows you how little I understand about mental health issues, but you'll never convince me that Steve Brody wanted to die. You'll never convince me. I know he had been um, having some issues with his meds and recalibrating them. And he had had been talking about in the days leading up to his death that he was, um, you know, trying to figure it out. If you watch his last Periscope, but you know, he loved comedy. I, he was playing. He, he called in for spots at the comedy store in the Laugh Factory. He was talking to me about his road gigs. He had just accepted a festival. Like these aren't things you don't get to call in for spots. Some weeks you're not going to town, so you just don't call in. Uh, making plans, like so. Here's the thing about him, like. He took comedy out of the box, everybody. You know, most of us construct jokes, you know, set up punchline or story with the punchline in there. You know, pretty basic. We all we all do it, I guess, slightly different, but we pretty much come at it from close to the same angle. This dude did not. There, he, he, okay. <laughs> he could make you laugh. By going on stage, telling you what his GPA was at Arizona State, that he went to Reseda High, that he was in the Hangover 1, the Hangover 2, cut out of funny people. You know, like, he would read his credits, and his cadence made you laugh. He, if he saw somebody with their arms crossed, he would say, bad energy, and he would walk right, he would walk off the stage, right? He, there's so much about this guy. And here's what I would say, you know, I, I know a lot of people have been sent over to his stuff and I've gotten messages like, I don't fucking get what you guys are talking about. Yeah, I understand that. 
I understand that. You know, the, uh, here's how you can tell somebody is a true artist. And I believe he was a bit of a savant, like a comedy savant. This is what he did well. A true artist, ready, is when he does his art. People either love it or they hate it. There's a zero in between. Because he is giving you 100% unfiltered him. And when you're that honest, people either love it or they fucking hate it. You know, and I'll tell you why, to me, he was the bravest performer I'd ever come across. Go watch one of his sets. If you took one of his sets and wrote it down on paper, there isn't a fucking punchline in there. But nobody could kill like Brody Stevens. Also, nobody could bomb like Brody Stevens. But nobody could kill like him. He made a connection. When you got in tune, when you bought into what he was doing, it was the best ride and the funnest ride and the most unpredictable ride. You know, he might sit in a chair with his drumsticks and just drum to a song for the first three minutes. Can you imagine... That's why I say he's so brave. Can you imagine stepping on stage every night at the comedy store? And sure, there were some people who knew who he was, but the majority of people who did not. Can you imagine stepping on stage every night and knowing that for the first five minutes of your set, at, at your job, and you're only getting 15 minutes, so for a third of your set, in the first third, at best, people were going to be like, what the fuck are we looking at? And at worst, they were going to be like, oh, we hate this guy. Like, if you had never seen him before, it took you five minutes to be like, what the fuck am I looking at? But comics, you know, there were times where he'd have 10 audience members in the crowd and 30 comics because he did something none of us could do. And he connected in ways to the audience that none of us could. And because, and I truly, he fucking cared. He wanted you to connect with him so badly. He fucking, you know, he got fired from a lot of, um, not a lot, probably three. That's a lot. Uh, <laughs> audience warm-up gigs. And people were like, he was angry. Yeah, they, you know, he had a couple of meltdowns on these shows. But what led to the meltdowns was that he cared. He cared. You know, there was one show, uh, Chelsea Lately, because he did a lot, you know, most of the warm-up for Chelsea especially at the old studio. There was one time where 15 minutes after the show had ended, there he was in the fucking studio berating the audience for not being good enough. I do my job, you do yours. This is a team. Let me hear you laugh. Better, gotta be better. Yo, these are people, guys, you understand who most of those audiences are, especially for young shows? Nobody knows who they are. They're, nobody's lining up to come see the show. They go and get people from the methadone clinic. And they pay them $50 and they let them hit up craft service. That's, what, that's who comes. Those first two years of Chelsea Lately was all ex-heroin addicts in the crowd. There were people nodding off. Brody had them rolling. And he was berating them. And he had this cowbell, bing, 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 bing. If you fucking started to nod off or you weren't giving good energy, because <coughs> that's what he was all about, his positive energy, he would get in your ass. He is the only crowd warm-up guy that I, and I've been on a lot of sets, he's the only crowd warm-up guy that the people on the show come down to see. People would be like, hey, but Brody's, 
I'll get them. Uh, do I have to be a makeup right now, Brody's? You wanted to see, you got to see him in between, you know, when you were on the show, you got to see him in between when there's a commercial breaks or right before the show. He was so good and he cared so much. He loved comedy. He was so good also to these young comics that are coming up right now. He was such a good guy. It's so crushing. It's so crushing. You know, I think the the hardest part is that, like, you know, I know him, uh, oh, fuck, 20, 20, 25 years. And uh, oh, the way he decided to end it is so, is so painful that, like, just to know that my friend was in that much pain is, uh, yeah, it's, it's hard. It's really hard. I, I can't seem to get a, a terrible mental image out of my brain. I, I get caught just walking down the street, just get caught with it. And you know, last week I really had to compartmentalize it because I was at Mohegan Sun and I was like, I just got to do my shows and get back home. But there's such a hole down there at that, uh, there's such a hole at the comedy store. He was like the heartbeat of that place because he was original Mitzi loved original, raw, just trying new stuff, brave, uh, just avant-garde shit. He he would get on stage at 1 a.m. in that main room and just go. Maybe six people. He would bring a tambourine out. He had his drumsticks. And he would just go. And comics would just stream in to watch this dude. You know, I... um. (laughs) <laughs> I was so he's all about positive energy and and so one time in Seattle well, you know there was pioneer we were we used to perform at the Comedy Underground which is to me excuse me still my favorite still my favorite comedy club ever the original Comedy Underground hands down my favorite one and that's where I learned that's where I started that's basically it right it was down his basement dark just dank basement there was more coke done after hours in that fucking basement oh my god not by me maybe one or two times i didn't love coke but a lot of people did so we're down in the basement and we have the open mic and um brody brings this uh, <laughs> brings this homeless clown on stage and um, there's this dude that we had seen. You see him all the time down there. He had, but he looked like he got fired from his clown job 10 years ago and just kept the clothes on. He was dirty. The flower didn't shoot water, just kind of dribbled it. You know what I mean? He had like finger smar- smudges on his clown makeup. You know, his horn was like, like terrible, right? So Brody's like, hey, everybody, this is Larry. Larry's a clown. Give it up for Larry. And he was like, 
And uh, we're all like, what the fuck? Is that the homeless clown? You know what I mean? Like, isn't that the fucking bananas dude, right? So he was like, Larry's always wanted to tell some jokes and we're going to let him live his dream out here tonight. And so um, here we go, Larry. Take it away. Stage is yours. And so he tells his first joke, which is terrible. But Brody's like, yes, right? And uh, second joke, clown joke's terrible. Brody, yes. And he loves this weird shit. By the way, so do I. But he loves it, right? Because it's weird. The clown's bombing, but Brody's behind him going, yes. It, it, and then people start, you know, there's only so much of a homeless clown you can take. If he's especially terrible at comedy, you know. So people start, you know, talking to each other or heckling him a little bit. And Brody goes, come on, everybody. Keep up the uh, good energy. And he, and he goes, Larry here is living out his dream and slapped him on the back. And the clown turns to Brody and goes, you touch me again and I'll murder every fucking person in this room. And we were all like, yep, time to go. <laughs> and Brody goes, Larry, everybody, Larry. It was so perfectly him. You know, he, he put his arm around every misfit he could. He, anyone who didn't feel like they belonged, he, he, I think he, um, understood that and he vibrated to that and he did his best to make sure that they belonged and he recognized young comics and he treated them so well and, and he was such a good guy. There are some stories I'm just not Uh, some stories I'm just going to say for his memorial, I think. I I just don't know, guys. It's so... I thought this would be like a... I don't know, like a... It's still super raw. It's just still super raw. I can't... You know, and look, I, I don't need people to reach out about this and I totally get it but you know your first thought is that you should have been a better friend you know and I should have been I I I should have been a better friend not yeah I, I'm not thinking that I could have done anything to stop it I I truly believe this was just a case of some medication that just grabbed a hold of him. You know, we all saw him that week. Just, I don't know, guys. I don't know what else to say. I do miss, I do miss my friend. I do miss him. He, There's something missing down there now. There's something missing. I... I, I I don't know. Maybe we should stop this one and we'll pick it up next week. I whew. I'm 
just so just so sad about it. I'm just still so sad. Oh my god. I'm gonna uh I think I'm gonna wrap this one up, guys. I I I am doing exactly what I didn't want to do. Um, I, I encourage you guys to, um, tune in, get, if you don't have Periscope, download it. And, um, I think we're going to be Periscoping his memorial on the 11th from the comedy store and there should be a lot of laughs and a lot of tears and, uh, and hopefully we can all get a little bit of closure, you know, and. I think it's something that everybody needs. But I'm grateful every day for my family, my friends, you guys. I've told a lot of people I love them in the last couple of days. They're like, enough, dude. We get it. Enough. I'm like, do you get it? They're like, yes, we fucking get it. But I, uh, yeah, I think that'll be it for me, guys. I, I, I don't know what good I'm doing on here right now. It just shows me, though, that I really haven't talked about it enough. It's still so raw. And I haven't allowed myself to grieve in, in a way that I probably should. I'm going to try to do that. Um... Much I do that. All right, guys. I uh, I was I was trying to play tough guy right up front, and it didn't work. It's time to go. But um, hugs to everybody. Hugs to everybody. And uh, I'll be back next Friday. I'll try to make that shit a little funnier. All right, guys. Love you.